Welcome by this episode, a special episode, because it's the first episode of a series of five in which we will address um, a very contemporary topic, uh, mental well-being. My name is Harald van Rijen. Uh, I'm the host today of this episode of Radio Life Sciences, together with my co-host, Eveline Kallenberg. Eveline um, works at uh, Biomedical Sciences as a junior um, a teacher, innovator, but her background is... In neuroscience. Neuroscience, at the Graduate School of Life Sciences. Of course. Yes, and we have two guests. This is, will be the, the script of um, uh, all five episodes. So we have a, a student and an expert. And the student this time at the table is uh, Lieke Hull, um, a student from the Graduate School of Life Sciences, of course, um, in the Master Program Biology of Disease, and Floortje Schepers, a psychiatrist and a professor of innovation in mental health care. Lieke, you're in biomedical uh, biology of disease. So where are you in your program? What are you currently doing? I'm currently waiting for my second internship to start in October. And in the meantime, I'm working at the hospital. And where in the hospital? Uh, uh, experimental neurology department. Interesting. Yeah. So what exactly do you do there? Uh, I work in the lab. So um, I work on ALS trials and um, we basically get the samples from the trials and process them and then send them to other labs who process them even further and do the analysis. Hmm. Interesting, hmm. interesting. Well, quite close to your uh, master program, actually. Yes, definitely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Florgia, innovation in uh, mental health care. Um, what, what, what topics are of your specific interest? Um, all kinds of topics that try to transform mental health care in a more um, human-focused uh, care. And I'm doing that with um, projects focusing on uh, network care, so uh, collaborations with other uh, care providers in the region and working together on uh, integrated care, but also applied data science. We try to um, gain knowledge out of electronic patient files and try to understand what happens in daily practice. So, yeah, interesting. Very. And, the, uh, <laughs> and really, really innovative, I, uh, I guess. Okay. Um, for now, um, that's it for now. The, um, the topic of today is uh, uh, mental well-being, which is, well, at least to my uh, view, quite ill-defined. And um, I looked into the report of uh, uh, the Trimbos Institute and the GGZ, RIVM, and there was a, um, a definition there. Uh, mental well-being uh, is defined as a balance between resilience, positive mental health and life satisfaction. I'm not sure whether that's a really clear definition, but what does mental well-being mean uh, for you, Lika? I think for me it consists of multiple elements. So like being happy with yourself, what you do, being able to feel emotions um, and not having like a complete chaos in your head um, and being able to enjoy what you do. And uh, yeah, I think those kind of elements, yeah. Yeah, pretty nice. Floor you. Well, yeah. Well, well-being is is a very uh, vague term, of course, but um, I think it has something to do with a good balance between positive and negative emotions. So, um, for me, it seems that we are now looking at when uh, mental health being of of well-being as if. It is all positive. It has to be all positive. Mm-hmm. So your your emotions have to be positive, and your 
satisfaction has to be high and uh, everything in life uh, has to be successful and, and smooth to be um, mental fit <laughs> or to have a mental uh, state of well-being. But I think the other side of the coin is that there is a lot of uh, misery in life and a lot of failure and a lot of sadness. And to deal with that in a way that we don't want to make it away, but um, we can bear that, is also a part of mental well-being. I think this is a misunderstanding for lots of people, that they do think that everything should be positive in life and that they yeah. should not have any experiences with negative emotions or negative feelings. I think mm -hmm. this is the first like, big thing, actually, uh, in this podcast even, uh, that people should be aware of, that life isn't all positive and you should yeah. not um, have the ambition to live a life with only positive things. So I think this is a very valuable thing you mentioned there. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So what you said is 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 I I I think well-being is dealing with emotions, and and then you meant I think also negative emotions. Yeah. It? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And yeah. that's difficult to deal with, isn't it? In a world where people don't know how to respond on that, if you talk about negative emotions and uh, yeah, especially like sadness and mm -hmm. just feeling grief and um yeah i think just feeling down in general yeah can we maybe ask lika also for a little bit more detailed information on what you actually experienced lately or earlier in life uh, why are you actually sitting here with us um yeah i've had like um di different mental health issues over the past like 10 years or so and just different kind of things to deal with like depression and OCD and that kind of stuff um and uh, so I've had like my fair share of uh, experiences in like school and just in life um how people like respond to you um how to like handle things that um you experience in daily life so yeah okay for the ones who don't know OCD you mean obsessive compulsive disorder yeah okay yeah thanks Okay, well, I think, um, first of all, thanks for being here, obviously, uh, for willing to share your story. So I just wanted to already mention it to you. Thanks for being here. Um, Do you recognize what uh, Floortje uh, says about the, uh, let's say, maybe the social conception of well-being, that everything should be great, and that even uh, if things are quite well organized, but you still feel unhappy, that this is something more like a burden? Even, even more burden, perhaps? Yeah, I think um, it's just like if you mention that you're not okay, um, people don't really know how to handle that. And um, of course, like when you don't feel well mentally, it's very difficult to see on the outside. So you may seem okay, but like on the inside, everything is just like a complete chaos and you don't know like how to get through the day. And um I think when you have like physical issues, people see that and are able to like handle that a little bit better. And I think treatment is more straightforward. And um, yeah, for mental health, it's just much more difficult to find something that actually works and to, to like improve your situation. Great. This is something that makes it even 
um, harder to talk about because people do not recognize it or may not, yeah. Yeah, but there are also physical disorders that you cannot recognize from the outside. And maybe the difference is that if people talk about physical disabilities, then uh, other people don't have the urge to fix it or something. They just <laughs> can listen to that story and feel em empathic or uh, sorry for you and just be there for you. And when it's a men mental issue, people are very feel uncomfortable uncomfortable and then they try to help you and solve it and I do this or I do that and try to fix it for you and and if it doesn't work then they just well sometimes walk away yeah because <laughs> it's too difficult yeah that's also an issue I think yeah, yeah definitely it is yeah so what I read in the report the numbers are quite um, scary actually so um, it was a, the report was a, um, the result of a survey in, uh, uh, with, with uh, 28,000 respondents of students in higher education, of which 51%, um, I say by heart, indicated that they have some uh, mental health issues. And 25% um, of those even had severe issues and even wouldn't, well, wouldn't mind not waking up um, uh, the next day, which is extremely um, uh, scary, I think. Uh, what I wondered, and I'm looking at uh, Floyd, you know, is this um, something that is perhaps more specific for um, higher education, or is it, is it a more general uh, picture of um, um, adolescence in general in, the, in society? I think it's a more general issue because of the pressure that young people feel from society um, that um, shows a world that is perfect. And, and if you don't fit in that world or, or your, your own situation is not that perfect as you see it on social media or wherever, um, you can feel a little bit abandoned from that world. So I think it's, it's in general. However, I also think that at higher education, that pressure is even stronger because um, you are in the top of the pyramid <laughs> And uh, being successful is, is um, I think, more an issue in, in that top 5% of the pyramid. Because in, in the, the lower levels, people are more surviving and, and uh, well, they struggle more. So it's more part of life. So they can, I think, um, balance those aspects of life more easily than people who uh, are successful from young <laughs> to old. <laughs> yeah. Did, did that play a role for you, uh, Annika? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it did. Yeah. I think the pressure is just really high, just like to especially when you get a university and, and you went through the whole selection process. There is, are these expectations that you do well in university and that you are motivated and um, you put in like the work and you, you're just uh, actively participating in courses. But um, whenever you have like mental health issues, the, all these things are so much more difficult and cost so much more energy. And it's kind of still uh, such a taboo to, to talk about that. And um, yeah, that makes it very difficult to balance everything. Understand. I heard uh, a colleague of mine saying that having a selection procedure um, may even select out 
um, depression prone or um, people that are sensitive to um, a mental health issue. I'm not sure. What do you think? Um, I don't. I'm not sure if I kind of agree with that because, Good. like, yeah. <laughs> I think, like, for me, um, I, like, of course, I have had like these issues for multiple years, but I'm also very perfectionistic. So um, that kind of makes me like want to achieve like really um, like just to get these high grades and just to do well, and um, that helped me to get through the selection process despite everything else going on um so yeah i don't really agree with that okay. yeah what do you think is the thing that contributed most to maybe the development or the continuation of your mental health issues um i think just some issues that i've been dealing with ever since childhood like is low self-esteem uh just perfectionism um and um I think those are just a couple of the key points. In so that. then it would be more personality traits that you feel that have contributed to you sh to your development of the issues. Yeah, I think that was the start. And of course, there are like these influences from your environment that kind of make it worse. Yeah, exactly. Do you have a feeling that during your studies, because if I'm then un understanding you correctly, you also experienced these issues during your bachelor's? Do you feel that maybe the institute, let's say the university, could have done something differently to help you dealing with your issues? Um, I think maybe like the university itself, it's difficult to like say anything about that. Um, I think it's more the attitude of like the people at the university um, because uh, whenever you start talking about mental health, people don't really understand And of course, it's really difficult to ask them to understand what it's like to have these issues because you cannot, like, like you can you can you cannot really understand what it's like unless you have the issues. Mm -hmm. um, but that makes it difficult to mention that you're dealing with uh, some mental health problems, and then uh, it kind of makes you feel alone, and uh, it makes it difficult to ask for help. So I think. The university is already like doing uh, uh, like a lot of things and organizing a lot of activities, but it's more about the attitude of the people like working there and professors, I guess, and um, just like the people like who are supervising you during your internships. Um, because I've heard so many different experiences from like friends of mine. Mm -hmm. Okay, and do you feel there's a difference when you talk about mental issues uh, comparing students or your peers? And then employees or supervisors from university? Yeah, I think like amongst students, it's um, easier to talk about that because it's normalized a bit more, okay. I think, than it was before. Uh, so I'm um, like, for me, it's easier to talk about things uh, um, like that with my friends than with like supervisors, of course, because of the expectations about to like do well and to, to get high grades and to. Um, Just continue your experiments and and write a good report and there are just all these expectations that don't really allow any room for other issues no okay and maybe i'm wondering florcia what do you think is important um in yeah. cases of Lika? 
what is the most important to help them in with, with regard to university employees, supervisors that are playing yeah. a big role in the life of students? Because some sometimes students have to do an internship of six, even nine months, having to deal with supervisors and employees of university. Do you maybe have a um, si- insight into what they do now and maybe what they could do differently? Well, I, I have a little insight because I also um, um, see students, <laughs> of course, at the mm-hmm. board, and I, I, I know about the, uh, the system. Um, what I think should be changed, but this is a rather radical change, <laughs> <laughs> is that we, st- we have to stop focusing so much on, on individuals and that we have to focus on culture. And our... Um, focus is also very much on output and not on process. So I think students uh, have to become citizens that are balanced and uh, know how to deal with um, success, but also failure. And uh, that needs a culture of cohesion and uh, working together and um, trying to develop the process in a way that everyone counts and variety is is embraced. Mm. And with focus on output and individuals, you will never reach that point. So um, I sometimes feel sad about abandoning the Zesjes culture in the Netherlands, because I think that was a time where other things were valuable as well, like who are you as a person? And Uh, How do you collaborate with others and how do you deal with uh, people who are the weakest uh, link in the group and and how do you uh, manage that together? Uh, That's that's very um, uh, strong. uh, So so group dynamics are very necessary to to develop as a human being. Mm -hmm. So with a less focus on those individual uh, cases yeah. and output, um, it, I think it will be better at, uh, at the university to, to grow and to um, flourish. Uh, but that's difficult to change, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, definitely. In, in a world where output is uh, very important and grades are very important. So how do you measure uh, all the other values? Like um, how, how are you balanced and how are you as a human being and how do you collaborate and, mm-hmm. and how is, is it with your integrity and, and how do you deal with, uh, <laughs> with problems and obstacles in your life? It's very difficult to measure. So that's more a, a narrative than a, than a grade. Yeah, true. Well, in the end terms that we have in the Graduate School of Life Sciences, we do have skills. And mm-hmm. things like skills and judgment, and we can just make this a skill. Yeah, you and, could. Uh, um, yeah. And make it part of, but still, it's really difficult to abandon the individual grading culture. Yeah. Because uh, whenever you get your degree, Elike, um, we, uh, our <laughs> board of examiners, of course, wants to, con- to control, to testify that this is really, uh, that you got those great grades and you deserved it. But this is something that we, yeah, um, should and must think about, I guess. There's this program on television about mi- military training groups. Uh, oh, yeah. They're not professional, but they, they, they get this uh, short uh, um, internship of, of, of military training. Yeah. And they have, uh, like, group grades, so they, they just um, 
talk about how they function in the group to each other and, and say if someone is valuable for the group or not. So those kinds of, of more, uh, well, reflective sessions or uh, intervision are maybe the way forward to, to integrate that in... Uh, yeah. Or is this very scary? <laughs> no, I think it's like a better way to like just measure whether you like pass a course or not. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Maybe just take the pressure off a bit. Yeah. 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 Well, this is something that we can work on, I would say. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> yeah. It's such an interesting topic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um Let's do a last round to see um, sure. where we are. Because this was just an introductory um, episode, so um, it's a great episode so far. Um, the next, in the next episode, we will talk more about the, the, the biomedical aspects or well, other aspects that we, uh, uh, that, uh, we will highlight. Um, so what's your take home for, um, from this episode, Lika? Um, yeah, I think just that the... Um the culture needs to change, the more like the, the system, just the attitude of people. Um, and of course, it's very difficult, like, of course, the change in an instant, that's not possible, but just slowly go towards a more manageable culture at the university and just make small changes and that eventually contribute to a, like a real change. Should we abandon grades just to pass or fail on your uh, uh, <laughs> degree, on your diploma at the end? I think like not like completely, but for in some cases, yeah, I think it would be better just um, just to not feel like the pressure to get like a, an eight, nine or ten, but just a pass or a fail. And, and another question um, in this respect is that we do have um, some support system in place with student coaches and a student psychologist or academic counselors. And is this something that you have talked to or do you think does it really work or should we focus more on the things that Florge mentioned, so like more systemic change? So it's more like individual changes versus of individual support versus system um, um, aspects of it. Um, I think does help that those options are out there. I think maybe promoting them will be beneficial just like a little bit because um, you only like see what's out there when, when like really search for it and on the website. And otherwise you don't, yeah, I wasn't really aware of that. Um, but of course, like the core problem is like the system. So it's more important to like treat like the core problem instead of the symptoms. But, but then also, in addition maybe to that, like addressing the system, maybe we also need to address our students or our future children to help them build some kind of, I don't know. Yeah, I hate to say the word resilience, maybe in, in a way, because you don't have, as you mentioned uh, before we were taking on the podcast, uh, that you don't have to feel it as kind of a race to become as resilient as possible and to become <laughs> the best first. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't want to get to that way, but maybe we also need to kind of support students in a way. Because where do you ever learn how to be resilient in life? Yeah, yeah. I, I think this is the main um, 
topic for all of us. Exactly. So we, we have to build learning communities. Universities should be learning communities, ecosystems where people can, can thrive. Yep. So that needs cohesion and, and human beings are interactive. We don't exist if we don't connect with others. So it's very strange that we also always focus on, on, on individuals where individuals are depending uh, on their context. So if we could change that and, and build a community here on the university where all people count and, and need each other and help each other to uh, de develop to um, uh, human beings that can contribute to the society, that yeah. would be nice. <laughs> but it's, uh, of course, very idealistic to say that. <laughs> but I would course, like to yeah. take that as a, as, as a take-home message. Yeah. Yes, quote, actually. that would be mine, yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Evelina? Yeah, I think something I very much valuable is what you mentioned, Fortune, in the beginning, that life shouldn't be all positive and we should embrace negative things. Mm -hmm. And I think even we should be proud of negative things. We should be proud of failures and we should embrace them. And maybe even I was thinking about like, what if we would just post our best failure of today on Instagram mm -hmm. and not get that perfect image on social media where indeed lots of issues may come from by you know comparing yourself to others so yeah i think that's a variable Celebrate very valuable failure. thing yeah, yeah exactly yeah so i was thinking i'm a parent mm -hmm. of four kids what's my role as a parent actually in this i'm 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 afraid i'm this caring parent and, uh, what are, are you called? a curling parent a curling or? parent <laughs> <laughs> i hope not <laughs> not sure but uh um, i think i do like to protect them from pain and so, so um, I just was just wondering what my role as a parent is or should be. Yeah. yeah, if your child falls, then you say, well, this is a very important moment in your life. You are going to learn <laughs> from this. Yeah. And it will make you strong as a person because uh, failure creates wisdom. Yeah, don't protect them like too much. Mm -hmm. Just let, let, let them show them that it's okay to make like, mistakes and... Um, but that is not like the end of the world. Yeah, it's like what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Is that the... Uh, yes, uh, yeah. And it is true. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. Okay. Maybe a quick wrap-up for you, Lika, because I'm actually just wondering, and I'm sure lots of listeners are also wondering, how are you doing now? Um, like, still not very okay. Just like searching uh, for what I want to do um, and uh, who I am basically um and trying to find like good treatment options because of course like right now that's also a really big problem of the system that mm -hmm. like getting treatment is very difficult um so yeah not like i'm, I'm far from where i would like to uh, to be eventually okay well maybe one thing that i would like to give you is the fact that you're sitting here and sharing your story is already a big step so be proud of that and celebrate that today okay Thank you. Okay. Well, thank you all, Floortje, Nike, Eveline, for um, uh, for today, and um, we hope to see you in our next episode of uh, this series on mental well-being of Radio Life. Yes. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs>